Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. Good morning. Happy Sunday. Happy almost Christmas time. You guys like Heartway Wonderland here? Had some volunteers come in and sprinkle this place up. I'm not usually conscious or thinking about this kind of nice thing like decor, but thankfully we have people who care and said, no, Danny, don't be a Grinch. We need to make this place a little Christmassy, okay? And uh, I'm grateful for that. It's been amazing. And I'm happy to be back. Last week I was gone. Did you miss me? Did anybody miss me? Kind of. You had a great, kind of. Well, I'm back. And uh, last week, I had this great privilege and honor of going to share at another church. Can you believe it? I was cheating on you guys. That, that, doesn't, that, 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 that doesn't happen a lot. Uh, I, I, I don't really get invited to go speak at a lot of other churches, quite frankly, because there aren't that many churches that share similar ethos and values uh, to Heartway. We're, we're just really open and forward-minded in a way that many folks aren't. But I have a friend by the name of Reverend John Scott, who is the uh, minister in a community over at St. Petersburg. It's called First Unity Spiritual Campus. And it was such a joy for me to be there with them because it kind of felt like an extension of home. It was really beautiful to be in a space where they're open and they're inclusive and they're not rigid in religiosity, but they're more connected to the heart and to the spirit. And something that was very fascinating to me was to hear that this spiritual community in St. Petersburg has been around since 1989. So they're as old as I am, okay? (laughs) That is crazy. And I bring that up because uh, right now we're in a season... uh, of the year where we are uh, doing a year-end offering at Heartway. We're collecting for our Waymakers offering. And the whole purpose of us doing this, going above and beyond to give to this initiative, is so that we can strengthen and stabilize the work that we're doing for the sake of longevity. When I went to that community and I found out that they have been here for that long, like my friend who is now the minister there, he just got there a couple years ago. So the last minister before him was there for like 13 years. But my point is the the community was a lot bigger than any one individual to the point where it was able to continue its life beyond just one leader. Think about how necessary it is for there to be spiritual spaces like this where people can explore themselves, their relationship with God without judgment, where they can be free from dogmatism, 
a place that is inclusive and welcome to all people. Uh, it's something that we take for granted, and it's also something that I think is deeply needed in our community. And the only way that we can have that longevity is if we strengthen and stabilize the work that we're doing, and that comes through your giving. And so I want to say thank you to everybody that has already given to the Waymakers offering to make a way for us to continue to grow and expand and reach people and do the wonderful work that we're doing. And I want to ask those of you who have yet to participate to pray about what your involvement in this can be, because we need all hands on deck in order to have the best 2024 and build from there for years to come. So anyways, that's my little spiel on the Waymakers offering, and I hope, I hope that it'll move some of you to, to participate. So my message today, it's called Searching for Love. Why y'all laughing? Y'all don't even know what it's about. Y'all don't even know what it's about. But you know I got something up my sleeve, huh? It's called Searching for Love. I've been doing a lot of reflection lately on how so much of our unhealthy behavior in life comes out of this search for love. As human beings, we all have a desire to be loved, to be needed, to be wanted, to be validated, to be accepted, to be approved of. The issue is when we don't get that love and validation and approval from other people, sometimes we do some very desperate things to get it. And typically it takes a whole lot of pain and suffering and disappointment to finally come to the realization that the love you have been looking for in others can only ever really be found within yourself. And that's the beautiful thing about the spiritual journey. Once you embark on a spiritual path, the focus shifts. The focus shifts from searching for love, and now it's about becoming love. You're less focused on looking for love on the outside and you're more focused on embodying the love of God that is already dwelling within you. You are the love that you have been looking for. The love of God is inside of you. And until you find it in here, it'll never be enough for you out there. You can be loved by everybody in your life. And you may not feel worthy to receive it. Some of you aren't even capable of seeing the love that's there in your life because you're shut off from the love within yourself. It's not that you're unloved. There is love coming your way. You, you don't even have the eyes to see it. Maybe you don't believe that it's real when it's given to you. However, when you do tap into that love that's on the inside... What you start to see is that this universe is very abundant. You start seeing the love coming from every direction in the little things. You start seeing all the ways that God says, I love you every day. In the, in the small, simple, seemingly menial elements of your life. But it starts with the love inside you. You are the love that you have been looking for. You know, one of the universal truths that 
is found in all of the major religious traditions. Jesus highlighted this often. One of those universal truths is that love is the highest spiritual quality that a human being can attain to. Love is what unlocks your divine potential. When you start living and moving and walking in love, you become fully realized as a human being. You become like God. The scriptures say God is love. So if God is the source of your existence, that means love is who you are at your core. And this is why the Sufi poet Rumi said, the task is not to seek for love, but merely to seek and find all the barriers within yourself that you have built against it. I love reading the mystics of the Christian tradition because for them, their relationship with God is pictured as like a spiritual romance of sorts. The mystics don't relate to God as father or judge or creator, but as lover. God is the beloved. You are the, the lover and vice versa. You are the beloved. God is the lover. And the whole point is to lose yourself in the love of God. Two become one. You merge into this love. That's what the spiritual journey is all about. Merging into love. Losing yourself in the love of God. Becoming love. Falling in love is wonderful, but becoming love, oh, that's a whole different ballgame. The beautiful thing about the love of God is that it's a love you don't have to work for. It's a love you don't have to work for. God loves you just because God loves you. Ain't no other reason for it. It has nothing to do with what you do or don't do. It has nothing to do with how good of a person you are. I'm sorry for those of you who try really hard to be good. I know it has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with what you accomplish in life, what your status is. God loves you just because God loves you. What does that imply? A lot. The implications of that are huge. One of the major ones is there's nothing to prove. When I can really open up my heart to receive the expansive love of God that embraces me as I am where I am, there's nothing left for me to prove anymore. And if I don't have to prove nothing to God, I definitely don't have to prove nothing to you. And if I don't have to prove anything to anybody for a sense of validation or worth, now I'm set free. I don't have to perform anymore. I don't have to put on some sort of persona. I don't have to pretend to be something that I'm not in order to be loved and validated and accepted by you. I can check out of the worthiness game of society. That game we all play to try and show that we matter and that we're valuable and that we're worth something to other people. I, don't have, I, don't, I can check out of the game. I don't have to play it anymore. Nothing to prove. No one to perform for anymore. And so to talk about the love of God, to meditate on the love of God, to reflect on the love of God to the point where you become it, that's where your freedom is found as an individual. Receiving the love of God gives you the freedom to be yourself. The freedom to be who and what you are. And it's a wonderful thing to get to that point. It's a wonderful thing to be able to freely be who you are. You become genuine. 
You become sincere as a human being because now I can be honest about my weaknesses and my shortcomings. I don't have to hide those parts of me anymore. No, I'm free to be me. I don't have to repress my shadow. I don't have to pretend like I don't have those problems. No, I've learned how to actually integrate my weaknesses and shortcomings into my personality and I receive and apply the love of God in those very areas of my life where I seem to fall short. But if you think you have to be something that you are not in order to be loved and validated and accepted, you realize for some people their relationship with the divine is also this way. I have to be good or else. It's very conditional. No, the love of God is unconditional. That's why you go to a lot of religious spaces That's where you find the most hypocritical people. And I've oftentimes said this at Heartway. Listen, I don't have a hard time living up to the message that I preach here because I don't preach morality. I don't preach be good. You know, I'm I have some good things about me. I also have bad things about me. That's what it is. That's the truth. And so do you. We're always a mix of both. When you can be honest about that, now it's like, hey, yeah, these are, this is just who I am. These are my flaws. You know, I've integrated, it's a part, I've received the love of God in those areas of my life. I bring all of me to the table every time. Nothing I hide anymore. You're genuine. You're sincere. Out of that place of authenticity and vulnerability, that feeling of being fully and completely loved, I am now able to love other people. Look at how Jesus put it in the Gospel of John. He says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. You see how that works in the New Testament? There's also a similar pattern, another verse that says, um, we love because God has first loved us. That's how it works. Before we fully receive the love of God that is unconditional and accepts us as we are, our love is kind of limited and selective. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'll give it to certain people, but maybe not to others. Don't try me now. You know what I mean? Our love has conditions on it. But when you receive this unconditional love of God and you find your freedom in that, now what else can happen other than a bubbling up That now pours out into the lives of other people. I'm not performing, so I don't need you to perform for me. I'm not trying to prove anything. I don't need you to prove anything to me. So the way that I see it, receiving God's love and loving yourself are one and the same thing. A lot of us are afraid of this idea of loving ourselves, especially if we come from church and religion. Because we think love yourself means be full of yourself. That's not what I'm talking about when I say love yourself. When I say love yourself, I mean forgive yourself. Accept yourself as you are. Include the darkness. Love the darkness. Be gentle with yourself. That's what I mean by self-love. We're scared of that because we think, well, if I just accept myself and love myself, and if I'm gentle with myself, then I'm not going to change. 
I'm just going to stay the way that I've always been. Meanwhile, you've been trying to guilt and shame yourself into being a different person. And how has that been working for you? It don't work. You can't guilt yourself and shame yourself into wholeness, into authenticity, into vulnerability, into self-acceptance. No, you love yourself there. Here's what's important to understand. When you accept yourself completely and totally, you start to heal all of the unhealthy behavior that stems from your search for acceptance in others. By accepting yourself, you're starting to heal all of those behaviors that you have no idea stem from your need for love, acceptance, and validation from other people. So self-acceptance is like a catalyst for self-transformation and self-transcendence and self-realization. It starts by loving and accepting you. So self-love is actually very selfless. Because the kinder I am to myself, the kinder I will be towards you. The more gentle I am with myself, the more gentle I will be with you. Anybody ever dealt with people that try to give you advice, but they do it in a way that is very hard to receive? It's like they give you all these shoulds and shouldn'ts, haves and have tos. You need to do this. You shouldn't have done that. You know better than this. That doesn't work. It's very easy when people come at us that way to get offended and to take it personal. But you know what has helped me is coming to this realization that, wait a second, this person, the reason why they're being harsh with me is because that's how they are with themselves. That person actually loves you and wants the best for you, and they want to see you do better. They don't know any other way how to try and catalyze that in you other than being harsh because that's their own internal voice. When they try and change themselves, that's how they do it. Come on, you know better. You should be doing better. No, I can't do that. I have to do that. I have to do that. I need to do that. Everything's obligation, obligation, obligation. No, this is freedom, everybody. You're free. What is this obligation thing? This is, you're, you are free. So by loving me, I'm loving you. Self-love is selfless. You guys understand this? Yes. It all starts here. If you don't love yourself, you spend your life trying to run away from you. You spend your life trying to avoid you. We do that in a lot of different ways. We do it by staying overly active and really busy all the time. Because if I'm not busy, forget it. I can't stand being with myself, dealing with myself. Uh, for a lot of us, rest feels stressful. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> like, chilling, relaxing, resting. No, I, I, I need to be doing something. You know? And it's like, I get it. That's, that's okay. That's, that's all right. But also, you are a human being, not a human doing all the time. <laughs> All right, so you got to get sink back into your beingness and just, just, just be. Detach your identity from 
how much you're able to do and accomplish. Because you're, you're never going to win that game. You'll never be enough. When you receive the love of God, you realize I am what I am and what I am is enough. And it, even if I don't become the best, I am enough. Even if I don't have more followers, I am enough. <laughs> even if I don't make more money, I am enough. Then from that place, go and change the world. Or not. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, be free. Do what your heart calls you to do. You know, from that place of love. So some of us, we're just hyperactive, busy all the time to try and avoid ourselves. And just be mindful if that's where you're at. If your activity is just a way for you to distract you from yourself, that's your... You know, that's a sign, that's a symptom to pay attention to. Another way we avoid ourselves and escape ourselves is by always trying to seek the company of other people. We can't stand to be with ourselves, so I always need to have some sort of companionship to the point where I'll settle for anything. <laughs> I'll settle for anybody. You want to hang out and be with me? Great. Well, that's, I don't know how smart of an idea that is, but that's what happens. That's what, that's what we do. One author calls it building your home in other people. To build your home in other people is to find your, se your sense of self-worth in the love, approval, acceptance, and validation of another. Okay, the problem with making your home in another person is that now you give them the power to make you homeless. Because if that person switches up on you or something happens because life happens, they're taking their home with them. And now you're left empty. Oh, and that emptiness, it feels like the void. We will do anything to not have to feel that emptiness of our being. Here's the thing. I invite you the next time that you feel that emptiness, because listen to me. Whoever it is that you're trying to find your home in, um, at some point, you will be disappointed. Even if it's the person that you're going to be with forever for the rest of your life. Even if it's that person. There will be times where you may feel homeless because there's a disconnect. I invite you, the next time you feel that sense of inner emptiness within you, to sit with it. And don't try and fill it. Let it be. Get comfortable with that emptiness. What you'll start to realize is that all of your suffering comes from trying to fill that emptiness. But if you could just let the emptiness be there, you'll come to see what one Catholic mystic by the name of Meister Eckhart says, to be empty of self is to be full of God. That emptiness can be transformed into a fullness when you learn how to embrace it and accept it and be comfortable with it. It is the art of living without attachment. When you live without attachment, you become fearless. You're not afraid of losing another person because you know nobody belongs to you in the first place. You don't own people. So people are free to come and go from your life as they please. Do you understand how 
powerful that makes you as a human being when you're so rooted and grounded in yourself that your door is wide open and your love remains the same whether somebody walks through those doors and then walks right back out your love remains the same that's power love makes you powerful love is the most beautiful way to live but you have to come to see that for yourself i can say it and it means nothing you know but for me i have come to see that love is the most beautiful way to live love is who i am at my core so any time that i go against the grain of love i'm going against my true nature that's always going to feel unfulfilling and difficult and it's always going to bring about suffering in my life so don't be afraid of the the emptiness build your home in your heart build your home inside here know that you are complete in and of yourself Here's the, the thing about letting go, because I know that can be a very difficult uh, concept to actually apply and implement in our everyday life. Letting go becomes effortless when you realize that God will always give you something better than what he is asking you to give up. See, God never contradicts himself. God never does anything that will thwart or divert his own plan and purposes for your life. And God's plan and purpose for your life is good. So if God takes something, it's because there's something better that is coming your way. When you learn how to trust that, life becomes a flow. You're able to live with open mind, open heart, open arms. Whatever comes, whatever goes. I appreciate it and I enjoy it while it's here. Material things, people, jobs, seasons of your life. You don't cling to it as if it's supposed to be forever. It all comes and goes, and, you, and you're open to the experience of it. There's a story in the Gospels that Jesus shares. It's the parable of the prodigal son. Anybody ever heard that story? It's about a father who has two sons, and the younger son decides to ask his father for his inheritance early, which was kind of like very disrespectful. The father, however, says, you want your inheritance early? Go ahead, it's yours. So the son leaves home with all his wealth and riches, essentially saying, dad, you're like dead to me. He goes off, the scriptures say, he goes off and just has a wild life. And eventually, he ends up wasting all his money on fulfilling his pleasures. Before you know it, he got nothing left. Eventually, it got to the point where he was sleeping with pigs. And he said, what am I doing here? Even the servants at my father's house get better treatment than this. And I'm the son. I got to go back home. So the scriptures say the son came to his senses and he came running to his father. Remember, this is a parable. So there's layers of meaning to this. This is not literal in any way. 
It's a story, right? And the father here represents God. The, the prodigal son who takes his inheritance and squanders it and runs away, that's you and I. You and I are the prodigal son every time we search for unconditional love where it cannot be found. And so the son finally decides to go back home. And look at what the scriptures say the father did. But while he was yet at a distance, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. What a beautiful portrait of the love of God. It doesn't say he shamed him. It doesn't say he said, I told you so. It doesn't say here are the consequences. It's too late now. He ran towards him, embraced him, and kissed him. It's so hard for us to receive this loving embrace from God. But ladies and gentlemen, God loves you. God embraces you. God runs towards you. You're never too far gone for God. You can always come back home. And God is in you. So home is in here. That's where all the love you've been looking for is found. And it doesn't matter how messy your life has been. It doesn't matter how, how much self-loathing and self-hatred you may have. Because that's a thing. We're the harshest with ourselves. We're the hardest with ourselves. We're the meanest to ourselves. And the message today, you know, it's like just back to the basics. God loves you. And, and maybe you heard that and you know it up here, but it hasn't synced into your heart and it hasn't set you free yet because you're missing the link. It's like it's one thing to know, OK, God loves me. Well, that's really airy and abstract until you love yourself. By loving yourself, you are applying God's love to you. Receiving God's love, loving yourself, one in the same thing. So come back home, ladies and gentlemen. This is not an elementary teaching, by the way. Because for some people, you know, it's like, the kids here, God loves you. Right? And so here we're in the adult service hearing, God loves you. Well, you know, I don't know where the disconnect is, but even though some of us may hear it from that time that we're kids, it just doesn't click. It just doesn't feel real. Let me end with this quote from Henry Nouwen, a Catholic priest who wrote a book on, on this parable. He says, For most of my life, I have struggled to find God, to know God, to love God. I've tried hard to follow the guidelines of the spiritual life, pray always, work for others, read the scriptures, and avoid the many temptations to dissipate myself. I have failed many times, but always tried again, even when I was close to despair. Now I wonder whether I have sufficiently realized that during all this time, God has been trying to find me, to know me, to love me. The question is not how am I to find God, but how am I to let myself be found by him? The question is not, how am I to know God? 
But how am I to let myself be known by God? And finally, the question is not, how am I to love God? But how am I to let myself be loved by God? God is looking into the distance for me, trying to find me, and longing to bring me home. So that's my prayer for for us this Christmas, that we would come home, come home to your heart. Home is where your heart is. God is in your heart. The love you're looking for, you already possess. Stop searching, start becoming. Be the love, radiate the love. When you radiate the love, it amplifies. Then you'll start finding and seeing it all around you. It's like it's, it'll be so obvious that you are love and that this whole thing is love. And even when people start attacking you or giving you a difficult time, you look at that and you say, this is God's love for me. This is God's love for me. There's a, a passage of scripture in the book of Hebrews It's really old school. I don't really use this language a lot anymore, but there's a spiritual truth in here. It says, God disciplines those he loves. God disciplines those he loves. If you're a parent and you don't discipline your child, do you really? Is that love? No, if you love your child, you're going to discipline your child. They got to learn some things. Well, that's how the universe works, too. You'll be put in certain situations where the rubber meets the road. People rub you the wrong way. That's God loving you because there's lessons in here that are to be learned. There's growth here that is meant to happen. So when you start being love, walking in love, radiating love, understanding that this whole human experience is a school of love, even what seems to be unloving actions of others towards me is God loving me. And I welcome it as a gift of God's love for me. Wow, you love me so much that you're showing me to myself through this individual. Mm. That's it. Radiate the love. Be the love. Come home to love. Love will transform you. God doesn't love you if you change. And God will continue loving you even if you never change. So I'm less concerned about what are the things we need to do to change the way we behave as I am concerned with you getting to know who you are at your core, your true identity as a beloved child of God. Because you start embracing, accepting that identity for yourself, the change just, it happens on its own. You don't even, you're not even doing it. It's just love has its way with you and just begins to transform and changes the way that you see the compassion that arises in your heart towards other people. It's powerful stuff. It's powerful stuff. Taste it for yourself, please. Don't be satisfied with just hearing me talk about it. Taste this love for yourself. And I don't know what practical steps you may need to take after today to begin this process of loving yourself, but do something. Even if it's just sitting with yourself and 
and saying, I forgive me. I love me. I don't know who it was. It may, I think it may have been with Gabby once. We were doing some sort of a meditation. Actually, this may have been really private, like in my house or something. Or something was going on. We were doing some sort of like a meditation, and she was like, okay, now hug yourself. And I was like, really? And when I hugged myself, I'm like, I have never done that before, and this is so great. Does anybody do that ever? Oh, I'm late to the party. I am late to the party, y'all. But sometimes, you know, as weird and as odd as it sounds, you know, sometimes you just got to you just give yourself a hug, you know. Whatever you got to do to show yourself love, you are worthy of it. You are worthy of it. Let's pray. Oh, God of love, we receive your unconditional love towards us in all of its fullness right now in this moment. We come in the fullness of who we are with all of our flaws and all of our weaknesses, unashamed of our bad habits and our addictions and our problems, knowing that we can bring all of that stuff that's in the dark into the light and that we can receive your love for us. Even like this, we are lovable just the way that we are. Give us the strength and the grace that we need to now love ourselves. As you have loved us, may we love ourselves and others so that this world can become a better place. We're so grateful that there's nothing to prove, no one to have to perform for. It's just freedom, the freedom to be. And we know, God, that as we walk in this love and we embrace this love, transformation will inevitably happen. And we look forward to seeing how that will unfold. Thank you for your goodness towards us. We praise you for your love. May we never forget it, always remember it. And may we, and may we stop searching for it in others, but instead find it deep within ourselves. Amen. All right, everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Hey, next weekend is Christmas service. Invite a friend. It's going to be fun. Love you. Take it easy. <laughs>